Welcome back to our series that we've been calling Survival Kit, where uh, we've been reflecting on the truth that in God's Word, uh, we have all the tools we need to not only survive, but thrive as God's people in the harsh realities of this life. And today, we're going to talk about my soul and what's good for my soul, because there is nothing more important than my soul, because there is nothing worse than losing my soul. And the Bible is very realistic about the truth that uh, it is possible that people do lose their souls. And in fact, it ends up being a very common thing, a common thing for two reasons. First of all, it's human sin. Human sin causes me to ignore God and this one who is the savior of my soul, Jesus. There's a second reason, and that is because there is an enemy of my soul who seeks to destroy me and deceive me with schemes. And it's these two reasons that explain why God gives me a survival kit for my soul. And it's found in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. And this is what the apostle writes in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God." The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians in prison, which means that very likely he was chained to or guarded by a Roman soldier. And so uh, the Roman soldier's armor became a handy metaphor when Paul was saying, how can I communicate uh, the spiritual survival kit for the soul of the follower of Jesus? And Paul starts by stating that the survival kit begins with truth. Uh, I find it interesting that Paul begins with the belt, uh, the belt of truth. I mean, why not begin with the largest piece of armor like the breastplate or the shield? Or why not start with the helmet of salvation and then work uh, his way down? But no, Paul begins with this leather belt and the issue of truth because everything hangs on truth. When Paul looked at the uh, first century Roman soldier's belt, he was looking at uh, probably the most essential uh, tool uh, of the Roman soldier. Uh, somebody said that the purpose of the belt of truth is to keep our spiritual pants from falling down. Not true. Not true. Because uh, Roman soldiers did not have pants. And 
They also didn't have pockets, which means that the belt was what well, the Roman soldier would use to carry the most essential things. The most essential things hung on the belt keys for setting a prisoner free, uh, a hook for a shield, a loop for a sword, a place for some lipstick and eyeliner. Are you listening to me? Are you listening? Okay. Uh, and just like everything a soldier needed hung on the belt, so everything my soul needs to survive hangs on truth. My power to be free and to set other people free hangs on truth. My authority and identity in Christ hangs on truth. Truth is first because there is an enemy of my soul, and the enemy attacks through lies. Uh, Paul refers to the devil's schemes. And all the schemes of darkness all work toward the same three goals. The first goal is to keep me from a close relationship with God. The second goal is to keep me from doing anything for God through his power. And the third goal is to keep me from receiving anything from God. Paul mentions this belt of truth first because it gets to Satan's top goal, which is to keep me from a close relationship with God. The enemy can keep me from a relationship with God if the enemy can keep me from the truth. You know, a relationship with God begins with me internalizing the truth. Uh, a relationship with God begins when I say, God, I, I believe the truth that I am separated from you by my sin. And I, I believe the truth that there's only one way that I can have a relationship with you, God, and that is through the truth of Jesus and what he did on the cross for me. Truth is the only way that I can begin a relationship with God, and it's the only way to continue a relationship with God, continuing in the truth. And my soul's survival begins with thinking and continues with thinking the truth. Because my enemy's primary scheme is to get me to believe lies about myself and about God. Do you remember the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and how the enemy separated them from God by getting them to believe the lies? Uh, the enemy in the Garden told them the lies like, God, he doesn't want you to have the good life. Uh, God doesn't love you. God can't be trusted. So Adam and Eve, take control of your life and you'll be equal to God. You know, the one who told those lies in the garden is still inspiring lies in me like, God cannot love me because I failed. My abusive temper, well, that's okay because God made me that way. God exists just to meet my needs where my good works will save me. I can follow Jesus later. Not right now. These are all lies, all designed to keep me from a close relationship with God. To survive and thrive, my soul needs to know the truth and think the truth so that I can live the truth, which leads to the second tool in the soul survival kit, righteousness. Paul says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. The biblical definition of righteousness is doing what is right in God's eyes. 
The breastplate of righteousness is there because God wants me to know that the chief way my soul survives and thrives is by living right, living right in the center of his will. Uh, Summer day, 1981, the Archbishop of Canterbury looked at Charles, the Prince of Wales, and Diana, uh, and at their wedding said, Ah, this is the stuff of which fairy tales are made. We all know what a fractured fairy tale that turned out to be. And I'm no royals expert, but I've read that in the midst of their troubled relationship, there was one event that really crushed them in their marriage. In 1988, Charles and Diana went skiing in the Swiss Alps, and they grew bored of the marked trails, and so along with a couple of friends, they broke through the fences to get to the fresh powder of a prohibited area on the mountain. Tragedy struck, and there was an avalanche, and Charles' best friend was killed. And the finger pointing back and forth between Charles and Diana supposedly was the beginning of the end. God has marked the trail for right living in Scripture. And when I stay on that trail, I experience God's promised confidence and purpose and joy and power. But whenever I break through God's boundaries, I put myself in an avalanche situation that can really threaten my soul's peace and protection. When I break through God's stewardship boundaries, and I become greedy for more and more money and stuff, I I expose myself to an avalanche of discontent and disillusionment and despair. When I break through God's sexual boundaries, I come under the avalanche of relationship ruin and regret. When I break through God's boundaries into pride and anger and bitterness through an unforgiving spirit, I come under an, an avalanche of turmoil and misery. This Just a few examples of the same principle that when I jump the rails and I leave the marked trails of God's will, I leave some aspects of God's provision and protection over my soul. The only place where my soul survives and thrives is on the marked trail of God's will as revealed in Scripture, which leads to the third tool in my soul survival kit, service. Paul says that God's will for me and my soul includes serving in Jesus' name. Have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Remember the enemy's goals? If darkness can't keep me from a relationship with God, then it will try to keep me from doing anything for God. Uh, For the good of my soul, I must use the spiritual gifts that come through my part of, of being in Christ's body. One of the most dangerous places for me, forget about breaking through boundaries into, into some kind of disobedience, one of the most dangerous places for me and my soul as a believer is lying back on a spiritual couch kicking off my spiritual shoes and not serving Jesus anywhere or making a difference in any way in his name. Jesus calls the church 
his body. And every member of his body is made to serve. And so if I'm not serving in some way, somehow, in his body, the church, if I'm not on a mission to reach my neighbors with the love of Jesus, if I'm not walking like Jesus in the shoes of the gospel, you know what I am? I'm a sitting duck. If you're not serving like Jesus somewhere, somehow, you're a sitting duck. Don't be a sitting duck. Put on your shoes and serve as your, if your survival depended on it, because it does. Notice that the, the word fitted. Uh, have your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel. These serving shoes are not one size fits all. You know, there's not just some kind of personality that you have to adopt to serve Jesus. No, you can be you in Jesus. So find your unique fit. Find your, your own unique way and serve in it. Paul says that the next tool in my soul survival kit is faith. Paul says, take up the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. We already said that, you know, the darkness's first two goals are to keep me from a relationship with God or to keep me from doing anything for God. But the enemy is willing to settle for the third goal, which is to keep me from receiving what God wants to give me. The shield of faith and the helmet of salvation are all about staying strong spiritually by receiving God's power, and my enemy wants to keep me from receiving that power. Receiving the power of God's peace. And so the enemy throws arrows of, of discouragement and doubt and anxiety and worry. But my shield of faith my, is my trust in God and his promises to me as his child. Here comes the, the arrow of financial worry which I can extinguish with my trust that God hears me, knows my needs, and cares and loves about me. Here comes the arrow of, of a, a family crisis, which I can extinguish through my trust in what Jesus says about the power of prayer. Jesus says, ask and you will receive. You know, the enemy only really has one weapon, and that's fear. All those arrows of, of doubt and worry and anxiety, they're all made of fear. But my faith, my trust in God and his promises extinguishes fear. God wants me to receive his fearless peace that gives me the power to step out of my comfort zone and live free in this world and actually help set some other people free at the same time, which leads to the next tool, salvation. The helmet of salvation protects me from the mind games of my own doubts about the fact that God loves me and has truly forgiven me in Jesus. The enemy knows that if I fully embrace the truth that God is my daddy and he approves of me as his child, if I truly embrace that, the enemy knows that I'll receive so much confidence and so much power, I'll be unstoppable. So my enemy throws accusations at me. You're not a child of God. God is not your dad. You couldn't be his kid. You're a failure. You know, the word devil, it's not a name. 
It's a job title. In the original language of the Bible, devil means the accuser. And that's what darkness does. Darkness accuses me of not pleasing God enough, not, not being good enough, not, not praying enough. And of course the devil doesn't want me to pray more. My soul's enemy just wants these feelings of inadequacy to keep me from receiving God's love and life-changing approval. Wearing the helmet of salvation means that I am constantly reminding myself of the basics of my salvation. I cannot earn God's forgiveness. I can just receive it in Jesus. I cannot earn God's love or approval. I can just receive it unconditionally and in the process receive all the rights and all the power of being this God's beloved child. Remembering this, I can say with Paul in Romans 8, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. My soul survival depends on this. I must remember the promises of my salvation found in God's word, which leads to the final tool in my soul survival kit, Scripture. Uh, The final piece of armor mentioned in verse 17 is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. God doesn't want me just playing defense in this life. He wants me to defeat my soul's enemy through the points, the sharp points of His Word. In the Gospels, we're told that Jesus was alone in the wilderness, and the enemy came to tempt Him with three different temptations. And although the enemy came at Jesus from three different angles, Jesus always replied the same way, by quoting the Bible. Jesus didn't debate with the devil. Uh, Jesus quoted God's word as the final word, and the enemy then limped away, crushed by the power of God's word in Scripture. You know, I've been talking a lot about uh, the devil Satan, darkness. I don't usually do that. If you're a guest here today, you need to know that we don't talk about this all the time. Uh, But I'm talking about it today. It's part of God's Word. It's part of what we're studying today. But I don't want you in any way, shape, or form. Do not, if you are a believer in Jesus, think for a moment that you should have any cause for worry or fear in the spiritual realm. Let me tell you, the demons tremble at the mere mention of the name Jesus. Darkness flees at the mere whisper of God's word in Scripture. And this is because Satan is a low-level punk when it comes to comparison with our infinite all awesome God in Christ Jesus. You know, I remember when I was a kid, my favorite TV show was Batman. And I'm not talking about a cartoon. I mean the Biff, Pow, Bam, Adam West in tights, Batman. And uh, I, was, uh, I-, I was just glued to the, to the set 
watching exciting show after exciting show because Batman was always outnumbered and he would get into these uh, nail-biting situations where uh, the bad guys would capture Batman and Robin and tie them up and then leave them in some death-threatening, kind of slow death trap. And I remember one episode where uh, Batman and Robin were being slowly lowered into a poisonous wedding cake. And the boy wonder says, holy matrimony, Batman, is this the end? And of course it wasn't the end. Because, as always, Batman was able to reach into his utility belt and get what they needed to escape at the very last moment. Batman always escaped. He always won. Why? Because he was just a little bit stronger. He was a little bit smarter than a villain like the Penguin. Let me tell you, God is not like Batman, and Satan is not like the Penguin. God and Satan are not like two boxers in a ring. They are not in the same league. Jesus is infinite in power. Satan is like like this little insect that is just in the middle of a believer's life. God is God. And if I have God on my side, I have nothing to fear. But as a follower of Jesus, God's not just on my side. Jesus, through his spirit, is living inside me. And with Jesus in my heart and God's word in my mind and on my lips, I cannot lose more than survive. In Christ, my soul will thrive. In Ephesians chapter 6. God gives us the tools. He gives us the tools to, so our souls can survive. Truth, righteousness, service, faith, salvation, scripture. And God gives me these tools in my soul survival kit so that I can thrive in a joyful and close relationship with God. Thrive knowing that I'm actually doing something through God's power for his purpose in this world and thrive by receiving his power of his peace and love. And right now, we're going to close in prayer. But uh, I'm going to ask you not to close your eyes, not to bow your head. Just look up at the scripture list here on the screen. Uh, Choose one of these messages from Jesus just to meditate on based on where you are right now, worry, fear, or maybe it's taking that deeper step into growth. Jesus says to to believers, to a church like us, knock, I can stand at the door and knock, let me come in. Or, you know, maybe uh, you've never received God's forgiveness. Maybe you've never put personal belief in Jesus. If so, focus on this last message, this last verse. Take Jesus at his word. Through him, receive eternal life and become God's child through him. So right now, would you just, in the quiet, just focus on one of these messages from Jesus and allow the power of God's word in scripture to defeat the darkness in your life and bring in the light of his peace and love.